I'm Connor Cyrus, one of the hosts of Vermont Edition, and I wanted to let you know that the podcast you're about to listen to has been edited for clarity and brevity. We saved you some time to get it right, so you only have the good stuff. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to Vermont Edition. I'm Connor Cyrus. For students who are just learning to read, a book recommendation from a friend can go a long way. If a peer is able to talk about what they loved about a book, it might make more students likely to pick it up. With that in mind, a podcast of elementary students recommending their favorite books could have a big impact on reluctant readers. Our next guest is Joyce U. Babbitt. She's a librarian. She's a library media specialist and creator of the podcast 123 Ready Read Review. She records the podcast in the hallways or classrooms, and each episode features three students from pre-K to sixth grade, offering a book recommendation and talking about what they loved about the book. Joyce U. Babbitt, welcome to Vermont Edition. Thank you. So I want to start with where did the idea for an elementary school book review podcast come from? Well, working at three different schools, I was trying to figure a way to share these voices um, of readers who would come to the libraries and get excited after reading a book. And I I just saw that there's got to be a way to share what students are doing uh, and reading and um, getting excited about. So for me, traditionally, the idea would be more like a book report or more towards writing. But I think with podcasting, it allows itself so beautifully to listen to the voices of children talking about the books they find interesting. Tell us a little bit about this uh, podcast and how it's formatted to give listeners the best experience possible. So the first week of school, I thought it's really important to start now. And to start now would be to know what I wanted to do. And that was to find three students each week, whatever school I was at, to share three books within three minutes. So my format for one, two, three, ready, read, review was the number three. Keep it simple, keep it away for keep keep it so simple that students know they only have a minute. They have a minute to share this story. And knowing that um, students will come to me uh, between classes, during lunch, recess, uh, that uh, lent itself to give students a moment to to finish a book, come and see me. the format for me was based on that number of three. And really, that was something that I was able to do at the beginning. But the difference was I didn't really know the students. So I started to share three books each week for the first three or four weeks. And then students and family members started to listen And then when I would say, could you possibly come by the library? You just finished a great book. I'm doing this new podcast. And people were willing. They were not reluctant. They were actually excited to share their voices. And so I've been very fortunate that each week I've been able to produce a episode since the beginning of day week one. I'd like to play a clip from the podcast. Uh, this is this is Nora, a fifth grade student from Prosper Valley School, talking up the novel Ender's Game. 
My name is Nora Wolf. I recently read Ender's Game, and I loved it. There's a boy named Ender. He's really, really young. Like, he's like six years old, but he's a genius. He's super smart. So this game is like a virtual reality game, and he spends a lot of time on it. He's kind of obsessed with it, you could say. And he's the only one who's ever won the game. Who would you recommend this book to? Uh, I would recommend it to science fiction readers and for people who like futuristic books. That was Nora, a student in fifth grade at the Prosper Valley School on the book Ender's Game. How do students who want to be on the podcast let you know that they have a book recommendation to share? So I have a jar at each school and the jar um, is sitting in front of um, my library computer to have kids drop off their name, the book that they just finished along with the author's name. And then when I get an opportunity, when I'm at that school, I'll pull three names from the jar and I'll go to the classroom or make a morning announcement and say, can the three students come down to the library and share their podcast review on that particular book. And that's the way I've been choosing students for the past um, 10 weeks. How do you share the podcast with the school community and what's been the reaction from students and uh, their parents? So each week, our principals put out a newsletter that's sent out to families. And there's a link to the 123 Ready Read review podcasts. And I have been um, talking to parents at the door. I do AM duty or morning recess. And the parents will come up to me and say, it was so great to hear my son or daughter's voice on the podcast. Um, Or I'll have students say to me, when is my my podcast, my my moment um, (laughs) going to be featured? So there's kind of this Um, anticipation, this excitement to hear one's voice and to share it with families. And families have often been able to quickly share the link with families from afar. Um, So that's what's so great about this is that families from uh, within this community and beyond can hear these children talk about their love for a particular book. For any librarians who are listening right now and think that they might want to start a podcast at their library, but don't know where to start, what advice do you have for them? Do it. I think it's worth the time. Um, And if you need support and help in getting your podcast off the ground, I'll be speaking at the Vermont Library Association conference in April so they can learn the how-to's. You said it's worth the time. I want to know what time commitment have you put into this podcast? Like what, how many hours a week are you, are we talking? So what's so funny about this is initially I too was questioning, like, this is a lot of time, not necessarily during my work hours. They're often home editing, trying to pick up the volume, like there's always sound issues and then there's moments where conversations go on beyond a minute. Sometimes they're five, six minutes and, and editing. So um, I try my best to limit my time and 
say it's good enough. So beyond two hours each week, I'll say that's good enough. So um, I've realized I could spend three hours on a three minute podcast episode. And so I've really told myself limit, keep things tight. If, if it's now I'm getting better at it, I will say I, I will limit myself to an hour of editing. I won't go beyond that. I think that is my mark now. But when I started each week, I often was home for three hours figuring out how to how to work on this volume issue or where to edit or where to place music. As somebody who does a lot of editing, I can um empathize with you on how hard it is Thank to you. edit because you become so attached to uh, your interview subjects that to edit, you know, this sentence or this little piece of sound can mm-hmm. be really uh, emotional sometimes because again, you want mm-hmm. to have everybody shine and just give them as much time as possible. So I totally understand that. I agree. And then when it's polished, Oh, and you step back and then you listen to it again and then you listen to it again and it is not tired. There's no, um, you know, sometimes when you listen to certain things, you're like, oh, done, one and done. But for me, I can come back to the episodes and say, wow, their voices actually held a lot of information with heart. It's not like they're being super, you know, intellectual in the sense that I'm going to tell you everything I need to tell you, but they get to the heart of the matter within that minute. And it's beautiful. Uh, I really love the fact that I I can go back and go, Oh, wow. That's awesome. You know, I, I, I don't get tired of their voices. I just, I think, wow, in five to six years, their voices will change, but they'll have, hopefully the attachment or fondness to a book that they picked and they shared. And so I think that's what's really neat about this for me. Let's play another clip from your one, two, three, ready, read review. This is Josie, a first grade student from Reading Elementary, talking about the award-winning book, Hot Dog. Josie Lancaster. Josie, what book do you want to recommend? Hot Dog. By Doug Zalotti. It is a Call the Caught 2023 winner. Can you please tell me what you like about that book? I really like the pictures. How and I liked it when he found that um, those rocks and when she made the rock sculpture of him. Mm-hmm. Have you been to the ocean before? Yes. Have you had a similar experience? Yes. It is pretty awesome. Isn't I have it? been to the Connecticut in the big waves, and then I've been to like, even, and then I went to Cape Cod with even ginormous waves that I went to. My brother got splashed. So we know that kind of experience of just being at the ocean Mm -hmm. and having it be a great day. Thank you so much. So cute. That was Josie, a first grade student. Now, we just heard Josie talk about the book Hot Dog. Has her recommendation carried um, any weight with students? Um, I'm not sure if the word weight Um, I would say because I'm at three schools and because the podcasts 
is often shared at home, I think the experience is not necessarily peer to peer, but I think it has to do with families connecting with other families saying, I just heard Josie on the podcast and we too read hot dog. And so that's what I feel is beyond just peer to peer. I think it's family to family. Now, you've been working in school libraries for almost three decades. Is this podcast part of how libraries are evolving to meet the needs of kids today? Absolutely. And I will say that, you know, when someone told me that I would be doing a podcast um, like 30 years ago, I wouldn't have any idea. I wouldn't even imagine. So I think what libraries are doing is always trying to be on the cutting edge and to to see what is out there that we we can do to connect with our families, with our readers, uh, to to make the experience um, bonding, um, relational and meaningful. Before I let you go, is there anything else that you want to add maybe about the podcast or about the evolution of libraries? Wow, that's a great question. I just want to thank um, the people that actually said go for it. They never set a roadblock and say, well, it can't be done because it's not within your schedule. Or, um, you know, there's there are people within this district that said absolutely and we'll help you get a grant through consolidated communications i didn't even have any understanding of what that meant so now that i do i i want to just be um, aware that there are now people behind me supporting me and that feels great to know that people um, value the podcast but more importantly, they value libraries that, that uh, within this community, within this district, librarians are seen as superheroes, people who can um, make a difference in, in giving the joy of reading to children and that the kids can share their love of reading with others. So, um the evo- evolution question, I think I might have answered. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there you have it. That's Joyce U. Babbitt. She's a library media specialist for Windsor Central Supervisory Union. She produces a podcast, One, Two, Three, Ready, Read, Review, with students from Prosper Valley, Reading Elementary, and Woodstock Elementary Schools. Joyce, thank you so much for coming on Vermont Edition today. My pleasure. Have a great day.